the all-age talk earlier on in the service, we were sharing about building towers and how they got knocked down and rebuilt. Today, I want to consider how bits of our lives can get knocked down or broken and how God can rebuild these things. In order to do this, I want to tell you a story of something that happened to me a few weeks ago. I was coming out of Frankie's Drive, where I had parked, and I turned left onto her road, as I always do. Oh dear, I heard a crunch, clatter, and felt this deep panic as I figured out what had happened. I turned round at the end of the road and came back to see what damage I had caused both to her, my car and her wall. By that time, Frankie was stood examining the damage, as were three ladies from across the road who had seen what happened. Oh dear. I got out the car in fear and trepidation as I had knocked down a fair amount of her garden wall and there were bits of brick everywhere. The kind ladies from across the road were very sympathetic and said it's the sort of thing that could happen to anyone. And one of the ladies had a husband who was a builder and she said he was very good at rebuilding walls like this one and sure he could do it. So I stood there thankfully whilst the young ladies from across the road picked up all the bricks as the state of my back and knees doesn't make bending down easy these days. Frankie, well, she looked kindly at me and rather than getting cross and telling me on no uncertain terms that I should have looked where I was going, she said it didn't matter as it could be fixed and as long as I was okay, that was all that mattered. And even my car was pretty much intact, apart from a scratch or two and a tiny dent and you wouldn't really notice it unless you looked very hard, nothing that a bit of black paint wouldn't fix. Now at this point, I need to tell you about a letter I had received that very morning from a cousin of mine. He was informing me that one of our elderly relatives who had died earlier in the year had left us both a small amount of money in his will. And lo and behold, this turned out to be the amount I needed to pay the builder to fix the wall. But now to the application bit of this parable. There are different ways to describe how we become the people we presently are. But one way the Bible uses is through the similarities between building our lives to the buildings of walls and houses. Hence, I want to use this parable of Frankie's wall to help us help explore three things connected with this picture God uses. The first is the how of how we build the house we live in, in terms of body, soul and spirit. The second is how these walls we build can get torn down. And the third is how God works with us to rebuild them. First, we build our life walls to produce the people we are by making choices. Every choice we make or indeed do not make puts a brick in place in the house we are building. If we walk in God's ways, we are free to choose for him because we are told in 2 Corinthians chapter 3 that where the spirit is, there is freedom. 
And that freedom is specifically the ability to make the correct choices for God. If we sin, we are very clearly told that that puts us in slavery to our own and others' wishes. And then we cannot easily make the choices to do God's will. In Romans 6, Paul writes about sin having dominion over us, just like a slave owner made his slaves do as he said. And sin here means missing the target, or in spiritual terms, a wrong understanding of how God would have us view and choose in the current events in our lives. So how we choose to respond to the situations we find ourselves in will largely determine the nature of the house we live in. If we continually respond to life events in fear, we will end up becoming a fearful person. Well, that's the theory, but in practice, we are sometimes unable to choose the right thing for lots of reasons. The major one, I suspect, is because of our me. It's too powerful and it often wins. The I want or I don't want rules us all too often, no matter how much deep inside we want to do the right thing. And this is where grace comes in, as in Romans 8 verses 3 to 1, which is one of the most powerful set of comforting verses ever. Paul writes that what the flesh could not do in that it was too weak, Jesus did for us, and that we are not condemned for the wrong choices we make. So if we want to choose the right course of action, but find it a real struggle, we need to seek for God's grace to help, to say no to me and what I want, and yes to God. But we have to do it before the me has won, preferably. It takes practice, but it does work. Try it. Some of the walls we build are about relationships. So often we painstakingly build walls in our lives on which we rely for protection, for status, or as the basis of a relationship. How many of us have refused to share part of our lives with those we love because we fear they might reject us? So we build a wall that says, do not enter here. And then how many of us build mansion walls because we want to impress and we need to make people think we own a big house because we are successful and worthy of recognition and power. And how many of us have been hurt by life's events, by abuse or things like social media, so we build walls of protection around us that make us look like the person we wish we were but not the person we really are. And there are other sorts of walls we build to shape our lives, some good, some bad. And you might find it of interest to look at your life in terms of the walls you have built. Was God part of that building process? If not, why not? You might find some interesting answers if you consider that. Secondly, let us think what the Lord wants to teach us about how walls that we have built can get knocked down. Firstly, our walls get knocked down by others, both intentionally and by accident. 
or by life's events that we have no control over. These things can be big, like an attack on our reputation or our self-esteem. When a spouse walks out of a marriage, or a child goes off the rails, or by sickness or redundancy, by habitual abuse, by COVID-19 and lockdown, by the death of a loved one, or by an unanswered prayer we prayed in great faith and it didn't happen. The list is long. Then there are the little things where our heart may not be broken into 10,000 shards, but we can lose our sense of peace and well-being. Things like when we lose our patience when we have to wait for an hour on the phone to get through to someone we need to speak to about our electric meter or the like. And when you eventually do get through to them, they say, oh, sorry, you've got the wrong number. And they put you through to the right department and the waiting begins all over again. Or maybe we get disappointed by a holiday being cancelled or something we were really looking forward to doesn't happen. Again, the list is very long. Our walls of peace and well-being can get knocked down. But we can also be the cause of other people's walls being pulled down. Sometimes it's by accident and we need to admit our mistake. Seek forgiveness from the person wronged and ask for reconciliation rather than trying to justify ourselves. Then there are sadly those times when sometimes we intentionally hurt people. The main thing here is to be aware that scripture teaches that we are held accountable for the times we deliberately pull people down. We are not to destroy another by our words and actions. That was what our reading this morning was all about. One of the most scary teachings of Jesus in the Gospels was when he said, but whoever offends one of these little ones who believes in me, it would be better for him to have, it, have a heavy boulder tied around his neck and be held into the deepest sea than to face the punishment he deserves. Maybe this will make us think twice before we gossip about someone or pull them down by what we say to them or about them. And then we can knock our walls down by our own actions, as I did with Frankie's wall. This again might be accidental, sometimes on purpose. For example, we may misunderstand a situation and blame another for the hurt done to us, when in reality we misread what was happening. Or when we believe a lie and we thereby give it power over us. I have spent much of my life fearing things that life threw at me, particularly sickness. I was a right hypochondriac because I had an underlying fear that God would not be able to help me if I was sick. I remember going through a bad patch around 20 years ago when my mum died and I suffered from an anxiety breakdown. I felt so ill. And one morning God challenged me and asked me through the scripture I was reading if I would trust him to heal me over time. In all honesty, I looked at God and said, no, I trusted more in the NHS that they could give me counselling and, and drugs. I had believed the lie that the NHS was always more able to help me than God. Unfortunately, in this case, the NHS was unable to give me the help I needed. 
And that is most definitely not to say that God doesn't use the NHS to help heal, heal people. He really does use them most of the time. And they have been the most amazing set of people over the past four months. That we would all acknowledge. No, this was my problem, my problem of unbelief. And today, 20 years later, God in his grace has rebuilt the wall I had torn down through my doubt. So I eventually figured it out and repented, asking God to help my unbelief. It has taken him 20 years to rebuild my wall. Much of that rebuilding was painful, but he has done it and it has been worth everything I have gone through. I have a lot more faith now than I used to have and I have rest and peace in Christ rather than fear. It's a good place to be. So thirdly, let us consider how God rebuilds broken down walls and how he asks us to work with him. So back to Frankie's wall, particularly the intermediate stage of waiting for things to be rebuilt. When our wall has been broken down, we have to live with the hurt and with the fact of waiting for it to be fixed, which is none too pleasant, as we would like it fixed now, please. Frankie waited patiently. Anyone would think she had listened to Andrew's sermons on the fruit of the Spirit. As she exhibited every single one of these fruits in her attitude, both to me and the wall and the waiting. Well, the builder from across the road took weeks to look at the job and then he said he was too busy. Then, dear Benny, our friendly church builder said he could fix it. No problem. But he had to wait for the right weather conditions. Well, you'll be pleased to know that it is now fixed thanks to a very kind Benny. It takes grace to live with a broken wall or a broken anything else in our lives. And it takes even more grace to wait patiently as the Lord rebuilds our wall. If, of course, we are willing to allow God to rebuild. But if we do allow God to be the master builder, then rebuilding is more often than not a process. It can take a long time. God first establishes a foundation. Benny said that Frankie's wall was not very safe as it had very few foundations, so it would not easily withstand a gentle knock from me and my car. The foundation God builds is as solid as a rock. He digs deep. It will go so deep it cannot easily be shaken. And Paul tells us that this foundation is Jesus Christ, his ways, his love and his word. We learn that our own insights and answers fail most of the time. So the best rebuilding is found in obedience to God and in doing the things he asks of us. Then he painstakingly sorts out the bricks he is going to use to rebuild our lives. Benny used many of Frankie's old bricks to rebuild her wall, but not until he cleaned them thoroughly. So also, God may not change us to what we might think we ought to be. For example, if we're in an introvert, he will rarely suddenly change us into an extrovert. So he will use who we are 
but it will clean us up by the washing of the water of the word, as Paul says in Ephesians 5. He is in the business of making all things new, Revelation 21.5. So to finish, God's rebuilding process requires four things. Firstly, a willingness to let God rebuild his way. I could have had a go at rebuilding Frankie's wall. I suppose if I'd watched a YouTube video, but I suspect it would have been quite hard and the wall probably would have fallen down again. So I needed someone like Benny who knew what he was doing. We often criticise God for the things he suggests when we cannot see their value or sometimes when what he does seems to be the complete opposite of what we think we need. It's then we have to walk by faith in a God who loved enough to die for us, not by what we see or think. Secondly, we need to spend time with him, getting to know him, reading his word and thinking about it. It is a two-way relationship and we need to listen to what he says and then actually do what he shows us to do by his grace. Slowly, you will start to see things more and more his way and what he is doing will begin to make sense to you. Thirdly, we need to ask God to develop the fruit of the spirit in us. Galatians 5, 22-23. For these are the bricks he builds our walls with. And then he comes and lives in us and we become the house he lives in. And lastly, we need to trust that God will provide all the resources we will need so that our wall can be rebuilt to God's highest standard. One of God's names is Jehovah Jireh. It means the God who provides, just like he did for me when I smashed Frankie's wall. God provided some young ladies to pick up the bricks who were sympathetic when I felt pretty bad about the whole thing. He provided a builder to fix it and he provided the money to pray for it to be fixed. I lack nothing. So I conclude by asking you to listen to the reasons that Jesus came to the earth. He came to rebuild broken lives. This reading is from Luke 4.18. Jesus stood in the synagogue and said this is what he had come to earth to do. The Spirit of the Lord is upon me because he has appointed me to preach the gospel to the poor. He has sent me to heal the brokenhearted, to proclaim liberty to the captives and recovery of sight to the blind, to set at liberty those who are oppressed and to proclaim the acceptable year of the Lord. I ask that in this coming week, you may consider where your walls might be broken down and then bring them to God and allow him to begin rebuilding. Then do as he says and see him work. So let us pray. Lord, be with those who have heard this sermon and who have broken walls in their lives. Please come to them and rebuild. We ask this in your precious name. Amen. In a time of quiet reflection to what has been said, please listen to this beautiful song entitled, For This, specifically, For the Rebuilding of Broken Walls, For This, I Have Jesus.